What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Jeremy Worden Podcast. We are here with tech evangelist, uh, entrepreneur, Parker Place, and you know, most importantly, the the man behind the behind the code uh, for BNB Calc, who's making a really cool product and you know, working really hard to improve it and and, and make it something that's very useful. Uh, so, Parker, tell tell us about yourself. You know, what brought you here? How? Yeah, yeah. Give give us your story. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So Jeremy and I met at UNC in college, um, mostly through mutual friends. Like we weren't in the same year and didn't even hang out all that much, hey, but, we're, we're buddies. <laughs> but uh, I, I admired what Jeremy was doing. He was one of the only people I knew, probably the only person I knew after UNC who stepped out on a limb and became an entrepreneur like a year and a half, less than a year after graduation with the boat rental business. Um, I was also doing my own thing. So we just kept in touch. And eventually when we were both free at the same time, that led to the, that was the birth of, of BNB Calc. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm mostly a software developer, uh, self-taught and I did undergrad business school, which is kind of bullshit and, um, got my start in crypto. I worked at, uh, one of the main like companies in Ethereum and, um, that was kind of a funny story. And college i was working at a bank and they just told me to check it out and so i was doing a little research and bought a little bit at coinbase when eth was like in the single digits but i didn't have that much money so it turned into like an amount of money where i i could step out of a job earlier and travel a lot in college go across europe have a lot of fun but not enough to where i became too lazy um so good. we're no, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a good level of uh yeah of comfort not too comfortable you know still still gritty to an extent yeah but i think it also taught me like asymmetric how to like spend it definitely taught me how to spend money but it, it showed me the first like asymmetric bet like if you spend research just more than a little bit of time into something like how it can really pay off huge later on um so yeah i worked i worked at a as a product manager at a, at a crypto company in Brooklyn called Consensus for about a year and a half. Um, got bored and quit during COVID. It, crypto was cool, but it really didn't touch many real life users. Um, and in the two years since then, probably built and launched about six different projects and software projects or e-com projects. Um, half of them kind of failed. Half of them are doing pretty well. So BNB Calc is one of the ones that are are doing well. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've shifted more towards real estate um, just because of like, I'll, if it's the one thing that sort of everyone can and does get into. And um, so it's just a very like down to earth profession that, yeah, touches that everyone can do. Yeah. And I think, I think it was kind of funny. Uh, and actually, we had Kane Ma on uh, the podcast. I'm not sure if that episode has been released yet, but if it hasn't, or if it has, check it out. If it hasn't, stay tuned. Uh, but Kane, you know, another buddy from, from UNC, you know, one of our, our mutual friends who got really big into, well, first of all, played professional basketball uh, in Macau, Asia, which is, you know, was obviously a cool experience, but then got into a lot of crypto, you know, during the crypto bull run, made a lot of money. And I remember talking to him how, you know, me and him were having conversations during COVID where I was like, all right, you know, if you're doing this, you know, if, if who I think are like the talented, impressive people, if they're all focused on, you know, kind of the, this digital world or this uh, metaverse, so to speak, like I'm going to try to do some physical things. You know, if all if all the talent of our generations focused on the clouds, you know, I want to focus on the earth. Uh, so that's like, you know, really boat rentals for me was like the prime example of that. That's about as physical. I mean, I maybe a factory or something would be more physical or like a power plant, but boat rentals is an extremely physical thing. And I think I remember talking to you and you were kind of like, yeah, you were, you know, you had a lot of success in crypto, you know, were involved in a lot of projects, like, you know, at a good time, got in early. You also did some blockchain development, but there just wasn't really, you know, people like, yeah, while coins got valuable, like in terms of actual usage and utility, you weren't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the most part, weren't seeing too much of that. And that was something as a builder who likes to like create things that actually, you know, get used, you know, that wasn't really sparking that, you know, that, that kind of, uh, yeah, that itch. Yeah. It was disappointing. And it also sort of attracted people who didn't 
care about um, whether it got used or not. A lot of people were just wanted to ideate and stroke their own ego, but um, didn't really care if only 20 or 30 people were using their product. And I, I grew up, my parents actually own and operate like a golf golf ranges. So I grew up like working on physical businesses um, and I love boats. So that was one of the first things we really connected over was, was these physical businesses that are more simple expenses and revenues and that you have these human interactions with people and um, around like entertainment. Yeah. And definitely during COVID, I mean, that, that was a big, I mean, I would say personally for me, you know, early 2020, like having a physical business in many ways was an outlet, uh, like actually engaging with people, you know, having customers who were, you know, at that time, very thankful uh, that we were providing a service, like a physical service because so many businesses had, had shut down. And so that was, it was, it was, I mean, those were different times, uh, but obviously, you know, you can think of, all right, what, what, what did we do the last few years? that have led us to like where we are today. Uh, so yeah, I guess kind of Parker and I just kind of for some context, I mean, when did we, when did we, cause we were, I was in North Carolina during COVID and, and where, where were you probably? I was in Florida. So I was living in New York and I immediately dipped to Florida. <laughs> so many others. <laughs> yeah. You and 5 million other people. <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah. were on the same train pretty much. That, Sure, that was a fun train when everyone went, all New Yorkers went down to Florida. Yeah, I, I pretty much only went up to New York to just kind of like observe uh, all the protests and, and see like what the vibe was like here. They had at 7 p.m. every day, they had this tribal scream where everyone like shattered out their apartment window and banged pots and pans. And it was it was just a really like wild, like I am legend type of environment <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> I would like skateboard down fifth Avenue middle of the day, no cars. And just like, it was so surreal. Um, so I almost came here as a tourist, even though I lived here, I just came here as a tourist to see like something that probably won't happen in our, our lifetime again, have like this, you know, this biggest city in the world just grind to a halt. And I also worked at a restaurant during that time. I was kind of on a little sabbatical. Um, so I got the experience of, you know, what, what it was like to do sort of, you know, manual work, um, during COVID at a business that was struggling and, uh, got into it and helped, help them turn around for a little bit with, with website and, and market. So I helped them out a little bit and also got that experience of just being like a line cook, which was fun. Yeah, that's wow. Many, many different, many different hats. I guess you wore the, the chef hat too. And then, uh, yeah, I know one of the things you did, uh, you know, I guess I'm sure this was about a similar time is you then, you know, took all the, uh, all the recipes on the internet and put them in one place. Like, a uh, yeah, tell, don't <laughs> let me misspeak on this. Yeah, what, sure. What was, that, what was that project? Yeah. Um, I quit and, um, I, I kind of just wanted to do stuff I was into for a year. And I also had like a goal of trying to make a thousand dollars on software and then a thousand dollars on like a physical product. Um, so it's a different story. I, I, I started an e-commerce company. A month or a thousand dollars? Just for the whole year. It was just a small goal <laughs> to, <laughs> get bull, to get the ball. I mean, I had the COVID stimulus unemployment paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't need any money. I was chilling. I, <laughs> I didn't want to get on a W2. Yeah, that, crypto too. yeah. And I had that, which is, you know, sort of offline. <laughs> you had a good time. <laughs> yeah. I had a great time. <laughs> I got the Biden bonuses. <laughs> and then, and then ball run plus the stimulus yeah kind of uh yeah turn the corner yeah. so to speak and <laughs> yeah and I, I got lucky from, with the timing on some things and like like how you know i think you got lucky with covid happening with the boat rental business um, oh yeah I, was, I started the boat rental business before right it was like i was thinking about it like yeah. i was because at the time you know at that, at that time I, I i was working for you know this was 2020 i graduated in 2019 i was working for a a startup, like a very small startup. I was pretty much the first employee and, you know, the company, you know, things with startups is generally speaking, they take a long time. Like you hear about all these startups that kind of look like overnight successes. Generally there's like years before, uh, where nothing happens. Like really, you know, you have to wait seven months for, you know, your MVP to get built out or a lot of startups, you know, need some sort of like regulatory, change or regulatory approval 
And that was very much this company uh, needed a regulatory approval in order to launch a new financial product. And like, hey, I was getting I was getting restless, to be honest, mm-hmm. like on a daily basis, just did not feel like my talents were being you know, utilized and I was really growing. Um, and then on top of that, when COVID hit, I mean, that regulatory timeline got pushed back. It was like the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission has completely paused, you know, looking at new financial products and no, you know, no update as to when, you know, first they got to figure out how to do everything remote. You know, the SEC usually goes into the office and now, you know, just like everybody else in the world, they're, they're going to be doing things from their, uh, their computers. So that got pushed back and that made the company go, all right, you know, we need, we don't know how long this is going to take. Um, so we need to, and honestly, like I was involved in these conversations too, you know, I was like, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, we do need to conserve cash. Like we don't know how long it's going to take and, you know, kind of looking around saying, oh crap, we got to conserve cash. How are we going to conserve cash? Yeah. And then getting the, the text from my, you know, from my boss saying, uh, you know, we're going to conserve cash by cutting your, your salary to like pretty, I mean, I don't want to say pretty much nothing, but subsistence. Yeah. Yeah. Like not even enough to pay, like it would cover my New York apartment, but then I would essentially spend zero. I'd have to spend zero dollars the rest of the month. Yeah. To, like I could, I could live there maybe off like ramen noodles and peanut butter yeah. uh, and like survive. <laughs> yeah. But I honestly, I don't even know if I could pay the electric bill. So I'd have to turn the heat off. Uh, and I had roommates. So I don't know if they would let me do that, but all right, I digress. So I, I was like, I gotta, I got, I need to do a new business. Like, and also like, I hate this feeling of, I could just get a text one day from somebody being like, Hey, your, you know, your salary has been cut. Uh, yeah. like, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like that feeling of just being so powerless. So, and yeah. You know, and then I'd worked, you know, I, I, at that point that was like, you know, a startup, I had been involved with other startups, you know, where I was either like, you know, I considered a co-founder or maybe like first employee, whatever it may be. And like, it was definitely a small business where I had a lot of, in a way, a lot of control and a lot of like say in the direction, which I loved, but ultimately it was like somebody else's company. And if anybody, you know, one of them, for instance, I literally, to an extent, like myself, three other co-founders, I had a, I had an idea of where the direction of the company should go the other three had a different direction of where the company should go. I left or, you know, we mutually parted ways. So like, I'd always just kind of been, you know, even though, yeah, I'd been involved in startups and and whatnot, I, I, it always been to an extent, somebody else's baby or somebody else's ship that even if there weren't too many on it, like it wasn't my, I wasn't, I wasn't driving the wheel. Like I wasn't making the turns. Uh, I had no decision, like the decision-making capabilities weren't there. So I was like, fuck it. I gotta do something. That's my thing. Uh, a, I'm not making money. So I gotta, I gotta make money and literally like looked at a few things, you know, could do. I'd been thinking about a boat rental business, uh, had kind of been toying with the idea, but that was really like, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'll say that was a sign, a sign, you know, whether it was religious or, or just a sign, I believe in signs. And I was like, all right, this is something I've been thinking about doing. Literally a global pandemic has just happened. Not to yeah. be a narcissist and say a global pandemic was a sign for me to start a bow rental business, like yeah. obviously, but it was just like, all right, you know, I'm taking this sign, I'm starting a bow rental business, I'm putting, you know, at the time it was like a fifty six hundred dollar pontoon, I'm putting it on the line, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm buying this damn boat. I don't even, I don't even, I've never even driven a pontoon boat before or been on one, but I'm, I'm gonna start this business and like, it's gonna be my business, gonna figure it the fuck out. Part of my language. Um, and gonna go, and this is my podcast, so I guess I can curse. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so that was, that was really the start was, was the, the boat rental business. And then obviously, you know, Airbnbs, you know, became part of the journey and really, you know, firsthand was like, oh shit, wow, these, these houses can make a lot of money when you, when you do them right. And like, you don't yeah. even need to own them. <laughs> well, it's nice. I mean, I, both those businesses, you could start with very little money and incrementally grow until you can take bigger bets and, do things like now we're doing software together mm-hmm. that you don't see a return on software e-commerce for a long time. But, um, yeah, that, I, I felt the same way. I was at a startup building like fundraising tools in crypto and it was a legit place. Like we had a ton of lawyers, but they would just choke all this progress we'd made or we'd have to totally redo features. And by the time we were finished really making our main product, the, 
the sort of crypto bear market had hit its very bottom. Um, and so we, the, the opportunity had almost left before we even started. Um, so I, I know what it's like to just be choked by lawyers and these kind of, when you're also, when you're trying to do, do new things, like a new crypto fundraising product, someone re hadn't really done it before. Um, so you're just guessing. And if you have too many lawyers, then you spend too much time guessing. Exactly. Um, so yeah, after, after I left there, I wanted to do stuff that I could feel and touch right away. And, you know, invest, just use my own money since I was, I had worked at this place for a year and a half. I knew I hadn't provided them, you know, 150 or 200 grand in value, whatever I was paid over that time. And I sort of, even though it was someone else's money, I sort of felt guilty. Like, yeah, I'm a net negative right now in the world. Um, that's when I got more into to cooking and then um, learning to, to code more. And uh, that product you mentioned was like a, a it was a recipe Chrome extension. It was like the easiest thing ever. It was just like, are you on a recipe page that has like someone's whole life story? Like here's a button that just shows you the full recipe um, at the top of the page. And during COVID, a lot of people were cooking. So it sort of like went viral a few times on Reddit, um, had a few thousand users. And then I sort of spent too much time on it. I, I like added this, I learned a little bit of machine learning and uh, built a tool that would like grab all the ingredients from the recipe and set it up in like a Amazon or Instacart grocery cart. So I, I spent too much, I, I built that feature, which was pretty cool. And it was just like going to school for programming. Uh, but I'm being building these small features I could launch right away. Um, another aspect of it was like everyone who was using the extension was just finding all these new recipes all over the internet. So within too long, I had over a hundred thousand recipes. And now I think it's like 250,000 pretty much indexed the whole internet of recipes and put them on one site that was searchable. Um, so it, it was a great experience in learning like everything that goes into app development. I even made an iOS app that I never launched um, for it. Uh, and it, it was paying some bills. Like it was, I think it was making like, you know, 1500 bucks an ad, uh, 1500 a month in ads. Um, but there's definitely an upper limit to how much like a free recipe app can make. And once I started bumping into that um, and ha had it hit another reset point in my life, like a kind of external event, like a tragedy happened, I just decided to like cut that off and um, get back into to building something with a little bit more more potential beyond like what one guy building a free app could make. So is that when, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a, a pivot. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about BNB Calc. And I think, you know, some things you said earlier, I, I definitely want to touch on. But is that, is that when you uh, started doing the the supplements for uh, music festivals? And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, LSD so that was, that was separate. A little before COVID, I went to um, Berlin with a friend. And he's a big Burning Man guy. Um, very into partying and uh, drugs somewhat he's also like a power lifter like very disciplined um research oriented and he had told me about how people at burning man or different festivals these kind of tech nerds who like to party had this whole supplement like time supplement schedule um that they would take when they took mdma in order to not feel too hungover to keep going for the full seven days of burning man and sort of protect their brain since these are very health conscious people um, so that's when I saw the opportunity to make that first thousand dollars off a physical product. Um, I costed out like one evening, how much all these pills cost to just buy on, if I were to just buy it retail off of Amazon, how much would this whole like schedule of pills cost? And it was about 70 cents. Um, and I had learned some design. So I, I, I made labels. I bought all these pills, it was like $300 for the first batch. I'm sure if your parents, uh, parents <laughs> saw the, the, that those Amazon packages coming in, they may have. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't tell my Korean mom until like two years <laughs> later. <laughs> um, she definitely hated that it was drug oriented, but. And just, uh, and just for some context guys uh, of what it is, but essentially Parker, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he packages together, you know, he looked, he looked up, you know, all the top Reddit research on what pills, you know, you should have as supplements, like what types of vitamins and, and what, and minerals and, and whatnot is good to have, you know, before, 
uh, you trip on, was it LSD? MDMA. MDMA. Yeah. Before MDMA, after MDMA. So it's really, you know, help. He's, he's not condoning MDMA. He's just saying, if you do it, these like make sure you, you know, to help you mm -hmm. survive, or I don't want to say survive, but to help you stay healthy, these are good supplements to have. So he packages them. Uh, it's called Trip Kit. Uh, roll kit, roll kit, roll kit. Roll yeah. kit. So yeah, for any of you guys uh, looking for that product, roll yeah. kit, check it out. Uh, so he sells them in a just easy, you know, easy package. Uh, has everything there. I think does it have? Does it tell you when like to do each one or? Yeah, it's like an hour, two hours beforehand, um, an hour in, and then after. There's like an after sort of calm down pill as well. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I'm pretty careful so i i like consulted with lawyers to see if this is fine and like the you know manufacturer we eventually got um i was hand packing and hand shipping these things just like off of shopify for six months with my buddy um but once once we sort of formalized it i had like doctors read through these research papers on the different supplements to make sure that they weren't just placebo or bullshit. Uh, did a lot of r d on myself <laughs> yeah it passed past the uh the sniff test or like the you know. <laughs> and um literally <laughs> yeah and but i mean at the end of the day they're they're all things you can just get over the counter like different vitamins minerals and herbs and there's disclaimers like this is going to help you if your drugs are laced with something else um so yeah i mean i i was careful but um once you yeah once you get in once i got into the manufacturing it's it, it just got people would do this work for free. I would almost say, here's my formula. Like, is this okay to sell? What do I need on my packaging? What are all the things I, and the manufacturers kind of help you along the way. Um, so I didn't have to hire out much of that talent as, as long as you're willing to spend with these people, they'll kind of assist you, um, with making your product. So yeah, I, I, I built that before COVID and then during COVID, it, uh, obviously like the market for that wasn't huge, but well, it, it's because music, music festivals, uh, and all, yeah. the, I would say conferences, people aren't doing that at conferences, but yeah, Coachella's and, and everything like that. Yeah. Um, shut down, but there, there was like one people were doing it at home, like with their partners or whatever. But, um, yeah, there was one blog that they told us like, you know, all I found, I used like some basic SEO software and I found like most of the traffic around MDMA Google searches goes to this one blog. So I reached out to them and they said they would, you know, put a pretty prominent ad for us. Um, they liked what we were doing. And as long as we donated 20% of the profits to the charity, that's like um, doing the FDA trials on MDMA for PTSD uh, patients, like for post-traumatic stress disorder patients. Um, and so we did that. And so they, we pretty much just had one affiliate source that just grew our whole business for us. We didn't have to run ads or anything. So it's, it's kind of been the dream business since someone else ships it, someone else makes it. Um, and I, I feel good about the product. I think it's helping people. Um, and we've, we started selling test kits. So we, and, and that, which is obviously the most important thing to do before taking drugs, but it's a funny business. So you don't you don't condone taking drugs, but you're like, if you were to take drugs, <laughs> yeah, here's how you sure do it you like a pro. It. Yeah, make sure you take these vitamins and supplements. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So you put a disclaimer. Disclaimer: drugs are bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do this. But if you do, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good marketing, right there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So how's so? I guess at that point you you know you got so you got you know kind of a you kind of automated it, uh, which is I guess you know tie into the theme of I guess Airbnb short term rentals is it's cool because you can create these businesses. Mm -hmm. They're about in my opinion, an Airbnb business is the easiest business that you can make and scale to get monthly cash flow. If that's what your goal, if you Airbnb is not a get rich quick thing, I don't I don't try to position it that way. Uh, but in terms of monthly cash flow, you know, something that's paying your bills, paying for your travel over time, obviously that compounds and, you know, you can earn real wealth. Uh, but it's something that you can automate, you know, once you've kind of set things up the right way and, um, you know, just like any type of business, but really Parker, you know, did a good example of he created a business, found an idea, found a market, 
uh, figured out how to automate it and is now, you know, kind of hands off. Uh, is that, is that the case? Uh, fairly like once a week <laughs> check in, is the site still up? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, we, that counts. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it. I mean, like Airbnb, there was a lot of literature. There's a lot of like influencers or kind of experts in the space. So it's, it's, it's a well-trodden path. You not, can learn how to do it on your own. supplements, but the how to, how to do e-commerce. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like Airbnb too, it's very manual at first. Once you start making enough money to kind of automate and stop doing things like both my friend and I were software engineers. We probably shouldn't be doing our customer support all the time, mm -hmm. but it was, it was, it was every next step felt kind of obvious. Um, I would say the only thing I learned, which was, uh, really new to me was that, um, you know, there's plenty of influencers who say you can drop ship these products, but there's all sorts of problems with that. You can mostly quality, um, also like you're not going to have a competitive edge if anyone can just buy this product off Alibaba and sell it. Um, one thing I learned was that you, there's this basically a search engine for manufacturers that is called Thomas net. You can go on there and literally make anything like there's someone out there who makes what you want to have if you have enough money. Um, and so that was pretty cool to go through the, the whole like product development phase with them. And I'm actually looking into doing another product, um, off of, off of Thomas net, but it's, uh, it's kind of in a new category. Interesting. So what, so these, I guess what the SKUs or I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to act like I'm a manufacturing specialist, but how many, how many kits, uh, are you moving? I'm moving is like a drug word. So probably yeah. not, the, not the best, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think right now we probably do a, a few, I'd say a few thousand a month. Um, I don't know the exact figure, but yeah, we, we sell them for on average, like nine or 10 bucks each. Okay. So yeah. you're moving, you're moving pounds, uh, many, many pounds. Um, <laughs> they're really lightweight. I mean, it's a good product cause it has the margin. Um, and it also saves people money. It's a need because people, it's like a hangover prevention. Like people feel like there's a, a strong, you know, need for that, like not wanting to have a terrible next day. I don't want to feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I would always like, can I find hangover pills? Like, yeah, but to do this, your recent own research and buy like sixty or seventy dollars worth of pills on Amazon, it, this actually comes out to, you know, being cheap, cost savings, being cost saving, even though it, there's a large margin on the product. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say the thing with it is the the TAM. Uh, total addressable market. I mean, it's a great, you know, like niche business, but like if you put that much more time in it, is there like in a, how far could you, like if you already capture the market yeah. share, right? Like you're already yeah. the... Yeah, there was one other player and we bought them. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, very, very small TAM. I mean, unless I'm DMA... A monopoly. You have a, a monopoly. So it's yeah. like, what type of business do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, Monopolies are the most profitable businesses. Definitely. And I mean, if this were drop shipping, someone else would just order the same pills and sell them. But there is, it does take time to, you know, develop a product. And so I don't, I don't see anyone else getting into this space, anyone else that's serious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would compare that to like an Airbnb. It's the one bedroom, one bathroom apartments. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the drop shipping model because a lot of times people go out and they'll partner with a building uh, and they'll try to say, hey, I'll take. 20 of your vacant one bed, two bed apartments. Yeah. And, uh, what's, you know, what's stopping somebody from coming to the next building, you know, one over and going, Hey, I'll take 20, uh, one bedroom, one bathroom. It's just, you know, it's not, they're not very, I say they're not very unique. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there are things that are easy to rebuild. So you want to do things in my opinion. Uh, and if you look at my Airbnb portfolio, you know, my, my listings, are generally unique in one way or another. There's like generally something about them that can't be recreated. Uh, obviously, it's harder to recreate a four bedroom house than it is again these one bedroom apartments. Mm -hmm. So just just for those listening, like whether it be Airbnb or whether it be a business, if you want you know something that's profitable that others just aren't going to come into the space and like eat your lunch, do things that aren't easily recreatable. And Parker found a, a very great example. And, you know, the one person that or one company that was doing it similar 
they they were able to outmaneuver and acquire them. Yeah. So kudos for that. But then transitioning, uh, just kind of touch on something. So it seems like both of us had kind of frustrations working for, you know, startups where we felt like we were going to get that startup speed, uh, that it was going to be a fast moving, fast paced environment, you know, that we would have a lot of control over things. And that wasn't the case. Uh, and then really the project that we've came together on, like, I mean, we launched, we launched extremely quick for tech product uh, examples. Like, I, I mean, honestly, I would say we probably launched the quote unquote, well, I mean, so just for some context here, I, you know, started posing social media on Airbnb, you know, in the last couple of years. And I had an Excel spreadsheet that I used to analyze deals. And a couple of folk were like, hey, where can we get that spreadsheet? Like, it looks super helpful. Keep in mind, it was literally an Excel spreadsheet. It wasn't, you know, that sexy, nothing that cool about it. Uh, it was just already created, which, you know, people don't want to create their own Excel spreadsheet and put all the equations and everything like that. So put that on my, you know, social media and it sold. Like, I was like, holy crap, people are buying this. <laughs> like, geez, and it's just it's an Excel spreadsheet. Like, it's not even cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even that cool. It's like pretty uncool. But yeah. uh, wow, people are buying it. It's I, like addition and subtraction and multiplication. Yeah, I mean, there was some, the mortgage calculation. Yeah, there, the yeah, MT there was kind of the, in, the specific knowledge you knew, but yeah. Yeah, but also like if someone were to create it from scratch, to be honest, like if I was gonna create something for, like that from scratch, it would have taken me I don't know, like 20, 30 hours. I have, you know, investment banker friends from college. My little brother is an investment yeah. banker. Like they can, they can print those things out and, you know, even a matter of hours, like it's still, it wasn't like it took them five minutes. Like it took, you know, working with me who actually knew. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to start. I don't have any Airbnbs. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, kind of on the earlier point, like that's a great product. I was, I I had made my own software before, um, some subscription softwares that didn't do that well. They were making a few hundred bucks a month, so I just abandoned it. Um, that when when Jeremy said I'm selling this spreadsheet off my TikTok, and I only have you know at the time like say ten thousand followers or so, and it's doing like a few grand a month, I was like, you're outperforming like ninety percent of you know SaaS <laughs> SaaS like indie developers, but also a lot of these startups since a lot of these startups aren't making any money. They have no customers. They just raise a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think we talked about that. And I was like, dude, I, I just, cause I mean, we, Parker and I studied, you know, had some CS courses. I'm not nearly to his level. Uh, my ADD is probably, you know, a good bit higher, higher than Parker. <laughs> I, I actually took no CS. I took one CS course. <laughs> well, we, took, we took emerging technology. That's true. Yeah. Together, yeah. Which is like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, not really CS. CS light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, but that being said, you know, we we had always kind of just like you know talked about different you know things or cool things out there or you yeah. Know, whenever we met up or saw each other, we would just yeah. The the stars kind of aligned since after after kind of working on that app for a year, I I did some you know like software develop like kind of freelance software development, which was fun because I jumped from industry to industry. Like I made a. Um, I, I worked on it for some crypto projects, some DAOs that were super well capitalized. Um, I helped them offload some of that capital onto me <laughs> uh, without launching any new like cryptos. I'm kind of, I, I think there's way too many currencies out there. I just did like very boring stuff for them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, Jeremy kind of, and I was doing a lot of mining. I, I was kind of found some arbitrage opportunities where you could, for new blockchains you could like really make a lot in the early stages of those blockchains by doing doing the mining um so the, when jeremy reached out to me and told me about his spreadsheet i was in a kiteboarding school in puerto rico just <laughs> <laughs> hanging out i just quit my like part-time job <laughs> and was really like checked out um and so it was pretty amazing he was selling a few thousand dollars of a spreadsheet given that you know anyone can make that spreadsheet so i think that i would have guessed that it, you're not selling many of those those now are you yeah no i mean well obviously i don't really promote it yeah uh either i mean some people watch my old videos you know like they just over time you know random videos pop up to random people and yeah you know they it's still like you can find it online if you if you look for it but no not not a few thousand not i mean no i mean i've obviously changed attention the, the idea is like all right this isn't very cool first of all like i am a full-time airbnb investor this is what i do 
I run the numbers on so many properties and an Excel spreadsheet is just not very efficient at doing this. You literally need to copy and paste. I mean, a lot of this data is online. So, you know, we've partnered with AirDNA and use their API uh, and, and get their rentalizer estimates. We pull tax information directly from, you know, a website that collects county tax uh, info. We just, uh, there's a lot of things that are online that literally you just have to copy and paste to an Excel spreadsheet. And a lot of times, like, if I might be driving around and just see a house like for sale and be like, oh shit, you know, I wanna, I wanna run the numbers on this house. What am I gonna do that on my phone on the yeah. Excel app on the phone? Like, absolutely not. That would, I mean, you could, but it would yeah. just. That yeah, that's another thing. I mean, the trends were in our favor, like people during, especially during that time, like scrolling through Zillow from your home during quarantine became like such a huge thing. On your phone, lying in bed. Yeah. And another thing I knew, my like mentor and friend works for, you know, for like a massive like realtors organization and emerging tech and, and real estate VC. Um, from him and from doing like freelance real estate, I also helped build this like flood insurance aggregator um, called Cardofront. But I, I learned that the software development skills of, from what I saw in real estate sucked in comparison to like what I'd seen in crypto or social, um, that there was a lot less competition. Um, so just by making this app like mobile first, like taking, uh, taking a, a great spreadsheet, I had the whole template from making an app. I think like, like we, we, caught up and got feedback, but I could basically go straight from your spreadsheet and make an entire app. Yeah. Just to show you like how it, and I, and I, and I did, and also like I did kind of have an attempt at turning, you know, and to give Parker, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of credit where credit is due. I did try like a very simple version of like, all right, I want to get, you know, this spreadsheet, can it be converted into a web application that's like mobile first? Yeah. It looked like shit. Like, <laughs> I, I did yeah. like, the, I, I like tried to like, just make it even work and like make the numbers work. I was like, right, I'm gonna make the numbers work first. Honestly, the numbers didn't fucking work. <laughs> Couldn't figure out why the numbers weren't working. Yeah. Uh, so it looks really fucking good. Like BNB Calc looks amazing. Like, I mean, yeah, there's no really real estate app as could, you know, there's obviously as easy to use. There's some that look better since they have a fancier designer, but, um, I would say ours is probably the easiest to use for sure. Yeah, it's it's up there, and you know we didn't we didn't raise any money. It's like all these companies no. generally raise, you know, millions of dollars of venture capital, and uh, yeah, and, and then they take yeah. months and months and months to launch their MVP. And I compare that to us; we raised zero dollars. Yeah, and we, you know, the amount of time it took to go from my spreadsheet to you know a React native application. And actually have a version that we could, you know, start taking money for and start having people use was what, like two and a two months? I think it was three months. Three months. Yeah, I think the total cost was the total I just did my taxes, so I, I know it mm -hmm. <laughs> cost around seventy six hundred dollars. Um and that was just because I hired a developer off of Upwork to, shout, out, shout out Greg. Shout out Greg, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who still works with us. Um but just to speed up my development. So we were working kind of side by side. Um, but yeah, $7,600 was the only expenditures. And we've gotten that back many times since. Yeah. So we, we launched it, uh, you know, and I was honestly saying like, cause we have expenses, like we definitely have, you know, we put AirDNA is our partner and we essentially took something that was free, uh, their rentalizer, uh, which anybody can go for free and combined it and we have to pay them for it. So it's like, you know, people who, use our product and some or on social media when we post about it, people go, Oh, why isn't this? Well, you're charging, you're charging for this. Like, how dare you? It's like, guys, we literally pay. <laughs> the more people <laughs> use this, the more money we owe somebody else. Yeah. Like it's, uh, so not that any of them, those type of people are probably listening to this up until this point, but my point being is, did I have a point there? I just want to. Yeah, no, I mean, people, people <laughs> in real estate. People who's asked uh, for product. <laughs> yeah, like over half our users own homes already. Um, they have some money and they are smart, but don't have the time to just plug in a Zillow thing into 
a, a spreadsheet and redo all the numbers every single time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, you know, convenience, but it's also like a high value category because it's real estate. We're not selling someone a calculator and how to save money shopping on Amazon or doing something that might save them a few bucks. We're allowing them to quickly analyze 50 properties um, with a few clicks and find the one that's going to, you know, cash flow them 10 or $20,000 a year or more <laughs> over the next 30 years. Yeah. And, and I think, I think something that, that we're doing, and this is, you know, something that I've kind of, you know, gotten into, uh, is how, like, obviously I understand the variables again, that go into these investments. What are all the line items of expenses? But a lot of people don't, they don't really, even if they're actually, they might even be real estate investors who own properties. They don't actually know all the variables that go into a short-term rental. So we list, you know, we have a full, uh, you know, we have a, a full top line, bottom line, you know, statement where you can break it apart into operating expenses and see every single line item that goes into it. So in many ways, we're like educating people on, you know, this is how you cut, you know, revenue is the average daily rate times the occupancy percentage. Yeah. Like that is what that equation is. Yeah. These and, are, you know, these are the things that make up your utility expenses. Like in many ways, we're educating people on, you know, how to think about these investments and how to, yeah. how to line item uh, the specific yeah, financing and then how to really visualize like, um, the, one of the main things in real estate is that, you know, real, like mortgages are pretty, the rates are fairly low and, you know, you need 20% down. So seeing the effects of, um, you know, appreciation in the property over 30 years and just like a simple chart, um, seeing Absolutely. the effect of compounding and how to spend money, uh, that's not yours. Well, it's your loan, but <laughs> how, how to, how to make a return off a million dollar property with. 200 down and, you know, 50 in fix ups or something yeah, versus not, making money off of $200,000 in uh, a money market fund or the S and P. Yeah. And that, and that was actually yeah something, well, the charting was really cool because the spreadsheets, you can't really make them automatically create charts. You have to like manually know how to create a chart. Yeah. So that was something that couldn't be built in, but you know, yeah. we were able to, we're able to do that here is like you literally put in an address, Click. I mean, we could show it right now. I guess we are, we do have that capabilities with this podcasting technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it was, it was funny. I mean, it was a, it was a great, like, it was kind of a, just a, a great combo since I, I didn't know anything about real estate. And so as I was building and kind of thinking about how a user would use this, I was thinking from the perspective of someone who knows nothing. So I knew what questions to ask and I had the beginner's mindset towards designing a product that, um, looks it almost looks like a children's toy but in a good way and that it's like easy to use it's like this is a button you click this button <laughs> yeah. and, and here's an explanation of what this button does in case you didn't know what this button does <laughs> yeah and it gets it's getting used a lot and i, I think yeah. earlier i was like oh, i think this might take i don't know this could take i mean tech products take a really long time to get people to use them like that's just the nature of them and you got to constantly iterate and you got to figure out you know why aren't people using it and blah, yeah. blah blah but i was like this was like pretty quick i was like Oh damn! People are actually, and the initial version we ship is just for buying. So we've since launched arbitrage, mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to actually do a co-host calculator too, which is property management. But it was like pretty quick. It was like, damn, people are actually using this, and like the people who use this a lot use it a lot. Yeah, like, we have some power <laughs> users out there. We have some people who have done thousands. Um, and, like I thought I was number one, like and I was for a while. Yeah, now you're like number fifteen or yeah. sixteen. I'm like, how? Like, what hundred. the fuck? Like I use this a lot. <laughs> Like, I yeah. think there's literally, I mean, I think at this point people are using it, but then they've also like trained their virtual assistants how yeah, to, use, to it. use it. So they tell their virtual assistant like, Hey, yeah. And, and I have my virtual assistants use, you know, using it too. So honestly, I don't, yeah, I don't know why I'm not, like maybe they're on their own account. I don't know. I digress. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's two things about the product that makes it, um, able to go viral. Like one, it's just so easy. You see it, you know what it is. And so it's really easy to make, um, content out of it since if you're watching a video and a 20 second TikTok video you can grasp what it is right away and you know goes to jeremy he knows what gets people's eyeballs and has working been, on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and is making those videos and have friends that can help make those instructional videos um but the second is like 
went from this experience building this recipe site, which ended up being like somewhat of a failure. It makes some money, but it's really wasn't worth the time spent. I knew how to like build a site that could kind of grow itself. So now we have, you know, like the recipe site, people finding new recipes and saving it to the site. Um, over two years, it grew that, you know, 250,000 recipes. Now we have people manually entering in all this property data and us running the statistics. And so BNB Calc now covers 40, has 40,000 different pages across the web from, you know, from manual user entry. And that just spreads out. So like when you, when you search, um, like this address Zillow, you see that address, but eventually you'll see BNB Calc right underneath and you'll see the yeah, analysis. At that, at that time, you know, someone probably well past have bought the home or it's sold like yeah by the know. time we get it in the index it's old news i mean it, yeah, it'll not, be off, off the no, market no one's gonna be able to find it so yeah like, but it is a great funnel into the product you're like oh yeah. this is kind of neat and then oh i can run my own free one and then they can play around with it for a while and then mm -hmm. then get charged <laughs> yeah and we're and we're so like it's it's it's, it's a cool product so like you know the way we approach this and for those listening again probably a lot of folk listening airbnb you know, content is, is where you came from. But, you know, I, I, I always, you know, I, I'm someone who listened to Peter Thiel and, you know, zero to one and all these, you know, lean startup and, and all that stuff. But like, in my opinion, I mean, there's a couple approaches like to having a, a startup. One is you raise a shitload of money and you try to make something quick and fast. If it works, great. Uh, if it doesn't work, build something else quickly and fastly. Keep keep spending money until you figure it out, raise more money, and then, you know, figure out how to grow that thing. Uh, and really, it's just a game of raising a lot of money, spending a lot of money. That's like one approach. And that's honestly, I'd say the road, you know, for most of the companies you've probably heard of out there, that's probably for the most part, the, the road that was taken. Whereas like a company, you know, like MailChimp, uh, for example, they just, I mean, they just sold for several billion dollars. Uh, but they're an example of like, they built a pretty, you know, you know, they built a pretty basic tool set at first uh, for themselves for themselves. Yeah. And then I oh, said, oh, wow, other people want to use this, too. And over time, kind of figured out what to build. I mean, granted, their timing was amazing. I mean, anybody who, you know, built a dot com company, well, obviously, the dot com bubble happened. But regardless, if you're launching a, you know, uh, uh, an Internet startup in the 90s, 2000, early 2000s, like your timing was great. Even now, you could argue timing is, is really good for anything on the web. But that being said, you know, we built a really basic tool set that knew there would be some usage for. I mean, I was like, fuck, if nobody else uses it, I'm going to use this. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of folk out there like me, which is great. You might be one of them if you're listening. And that's so keep them coming. Um, but yeah, we built something basic and now it's like, all right, we built pretty much the most, it's pretty basic. And when I say basic, like this is hard to build. This isn't like an, just because it's basic doesn't mean it was like something that was really easy to build. Like, I mean, you can look again, I have a CS degree and yeah, it's, I can, it's hard to make things look simple. Yeah. It's easy to make them look <laughs> complex. It's still hundreds of thousands of lines of code. Like it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not like it's like five, you know, oh, Excel spreadsheet to, to app. <laughs> yeah. That's the equation <laughs> yeah. function. Excel spreadsheets app. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and people often see like a, a spreadsheet and um, say, oh, it sucks doing it on a spreadsheet. It's actually pretty easy to use a spreadsheet because you already, <laughs> you already know how it works. If you know, almost everyone knows Excel it's and instantaneous, like it always have, works. It never no has, <laughs> it always has errors. It's really easy to, everyone knows how to copy and paste. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a good sign once we started getting some organic use because it's actually hard to outperform a spreadsheet <laughs> yeah they're they're good i mean they've yeah. been improved on uh for years and years but but something you know we're definitely focused on is and we're trying to kind of work with our power users and like different use cases but it's like all right who are the ones who are like really using this and why like why are they using it and like how could we build something that's like 10 times more valuable for them mm -hmm. uh and like you know i, I said earlier is like Part of what we want to do is like, you know, we're helping at, at the bare minimum, people who use our, our application know what the the inputs are to the equation or coming up, you know, to come up with what your return on investment or cash on cash is and what your, you know, revenues and expenses total up to. Like at the bare minimum, you're using us. That's, that's one thing it's like educating you on. So it's like, obviously we can, you know, figure out 
how to help, you know, improve this next generation of Airbnb investors by showing them and teaching them how to run the numbers on properties, but also like financing, you know, that's a big part of the game. If you're buying a property, like how do Mm -hmm. we help people, you know, get financing for properties? So like we've, we've partnered with a loan officer who's now listed on our application. And, you know, if you want to, if you want to buy a house, talk to him, you know, he's going to help you. We're well, obviously- yeah, because he owns, we know that he owns several Airbnbs. He knows how the business works and he can um, probably give better loan terms to someone who wants to run an Airbnb as a business because he's not skeptical um, or not as skeptical of the economics of that since he's seen it with his own Airbnb business. Yeah, um, And the same goes for realtors. Like we, we noticed a lot of emails like Keller at kellerwilliams.com or at Coldwell Banker. Um, we noticed realtors started using the app. And then we, so those in talking to those users who kind of came into our app organically, um, they're actually using it to share, you know, analysis links with clients who in order to help them sell homes and help in order to help like their clients understand like this is, say it's a second home, like I can use this a few months out of the year and then pay my mortgage and all other related expenses with by putting this thing on Airbnb. So mm-hmm. it's been cool to see all the use cases. Like we, we're getting sent out on real estate emails where there'll be like 20 listings in say the, you know, for mountain homes, typically people's second homes, but with B&B Calc links so that they um, can see the economics of running running Airbnbs. Yeah, and we're and we're going to to try to have conversation. This is just again, this is kind of high level. Anyone who wants to start a business, like talk to your customers, figure out who your power users are, and those who gain the most value from your service. Uh, another, so realtors, great one example. You know, if we can help them better engage with their investors or with their you know their clients, nice. we're helping them a lot. I mean, one you know, selling one house for them is can be thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of commission. Mm-hmm. So they obviously have a lot to gain. If we can, if we can even marginally improve their business, you know, that's extremely valuable. Yeah. And um, they'll have a high willingness to pay, to pay us because if we can help them do something, you know, make 10 or $10,000 extra on a home, they can certainly pay us more per month. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we, yeah, we, we, this is still, yeah, exactly. So like we yeah. could have a different, you know, a realtor package for them that, you know, is more expensive, obviously, than someone who's not using it for that reason. But another one, you know, another use case is, you know, like uh, someone who has a program, like a like a coaching program, someone who, you know, has has students who are buying properties or whether it be, you know, doing arbitrage or purchasing Airbnbs and are doing analysis to determine the profitability uh, we talked to someone who has a program. And first of all, like, you know, I have a program. It's very small scale relative to a lot of, you know, these other, uh, you know, some folks programs out there. I'm, I'm a lot, I feel like I'm a lot more selective on who, you know, I work with and, that, and everything. Yeah. And, you know, uh, not, not to plug that, but, but that's definitely something I do is, you know, my mentees send me deals. I can, it's just, they can text me a link. They're not like emailing me a spreadsheet. They're just yeah. texting me a link. And I can quickly engage with it. You know, I text them back my thoughts, but somebody said, Hey, you know, we want to be able, you know, it would, this is something that we want to work. You know, we have a lot, a lot of students, like we have, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, half decade. We have, I don't know, 400 students. Uh, we want to use this as a way to better engage with them. Something that's better than a spreadsheet. So it's like, you know, we, you're trying to find those who, you know, get 10 X the value. And if we're gonna, you know, change the product at all, uh, it's be gonna, it's gonna be because we are like we've had conversations, and we know that we're gonna get, you know, new users, new new customers with these improvements. Yeah, and I mean, you can through your program, um, you can help people from making, you know, if they're gonna spend five hundred grand, help them make a good oh, yeah. five hundred thousand dollar decision, and more importantly help them avoid a bad $500,000 decision just just from all those little things that you know from running your business and doing thousands of Google searches on how to do, how to do X, how to do Y. Absolutely. And it's so valuable because these are long-term, especially if you're buying, but even, even if you're arbitrage, it's, it should be a long-term. If you, if you think, Oh, I'm going to arbitrage this property for three months, 
you're not thinking about it the right way. Like you want to be in there for five years, like if, if not more, you know, at least three years, two years. But if you're buying like, and you want to capture that appreciation, it's a long-term investment. It's a 30 year investment. So being wrong on your numbers from the get-go, uh, even if it's marginally wrong, like that adds up, that compounds. Whereas, yeah, you might not think, someone might not think about a variable that, you know, obviously I've done this, you know, so many times at this point, I've, I've, I've made the mistakes. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, people out there, yeah, and our tool is like, it's just easy. It's collaborative. Like someone can just quickly send it to somebody. They can look it over and be like, dude, you, you missed the HOA fee. Like, bro, like this, this neighborhood has a $600 a month HOA. Like plug that in. Look mm-hmm. how your chart goes from going up to going down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't like, they don't think about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's been a cool business. I think like not to oversell it. Like when you start a business, you usually don't take money out for a while. Um, but what, what, and that can be hard for a lot of people. Like I, I didn't take any money out of my e-commerce business for almost two years because everything was being reinvested. Um, but what you have to remember when you're starting a business that you intend to be doing for years is that, hey, if I ever want to sell this business, like, you know, from e-commerce sells three or four times revenue, software can sell five to 10 times revenue. It's like, I'm actually creating a lot of wealth that I can't, you know, withdraw from an ATM, but <laughs> it's out It's out there. If we do a few hundred grand in revenue, then suddenly times eight times 10, we, you know, we've generated a few million in value pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. And now I guess we, we haven't even, honestly, I haven't even. Yeah. And what helps know. is that we're both really cheap. Like we live way below yeah. our means. I, like, I don't think I've taken, I, mean, I was like, I don't think I've taken any money. From no. Is that what you're saying? That, no, <laughs> that no. I was saying that we haven't and we probably like, won't for a while. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're both, we're both, I think also like when you work with, uh, you know, a co-founder, business partner, like, you have to be aligned uh, just in terms of what your goals are. And I think, you know, obviously here we want to turn this into to something bigger. Um, you know, we don't really want to deal with, you know, we probably could based off what we already have, like probably go out there and raise a few million dollars of venture capital, like really easily. I think, I don't think that would take be very hard and very long, but it's just something we don't want to do Yeah, uh, because then, you know, we would be giving up kind of the control uh, over what we have and we probably have to work a lot harder too yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it takes like as as much time to manage people as just to do it yourself and mm-hmm. you know and then i couldn't have gone skiing already like 15 20 days this year yeah, I'm, going, I'm going skiing friday <laughs> yeah heads up. we love skiing you know? <laughs> i don't want to stop skiing <laughs> I have my calendar blocked off monday tuesday yeah. uh i don't ski as much as you but, but <laughs> heads up <laughs> yeah uh Okay, cool. So yeah, I think I guess we're about about an hour here. Uh, I'm just trying to yeah, people listening, like any takeaways or, or things you think they should, you know, they should take away from this conversation and, and maybe implement in their own daily lives or their businesses or whatnot. Yeah, I, I've never really thought about it. <laughs> I think for me, in, in my path, like, uh, starting with really small goals was helpful, like make a thousand dollars on this and, and, you know, make a thousand dollars off of this, that starts to compound over a while. Also living cheaply. Like if, if I had, you know, say 50 grand saved to me, that's like, okay, I have two years worth of run, uh, no wife, no kids. It's like, that's two years. <laughs> if I make zero money, that's like two years of runway. Um, that helps a lot. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, with, with my girlfriend, I think that runway gets eaten up pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've ramped it up now, too. I, my girlfriend's a, a master's student, so she's not paying for anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, and finding a partner. Like, I've I've done a few projects now with partners and without partners. And um, I'm not, like, someone who needs to talk every day or even every week, but having someone else for accountability and for fun and for doing the things that um, – you don't do well. I'm, I haven't posted social media in a few years. I'm really bad at it <laughs> and scared of it. Jeremy's, you know, knows how people think on online, um, and is a really good people person knows how to like give people the right advice and the right nudge when, um, 
Jeremy's not nearly as good as a software developer or designer as I am and just knows all those little internet tricks like like you know the back of my hand if so yeah finding a partner um yeah and and reflecting on it I think there's every venture I've ever done it's been well has had a partner and all the other ones dried up that I was doing alone yeah it's definitely a lot more fun to do things with with others and and I'm someone who invest with friends and you know everybody tells me definitely when i posted about it on social media my comments are always like that's the worst decision you can make they do not invest or go into business with friends to which i'm like yeah yeah bro, i'd get so bored yeah people are way too <laughs> yeah. quick to just shout out like cliche advice yeah, <laughs> yeah like exactly. do you do you trust yourself like do you think you're decent at business like do you think your friend is? Is your friend not a dumbass? Or well, at least... don't don't go into business with every friend. <laughs> yeah, just, just because they're your friend doesn't mean you should go into business with them. But like certain friends, uh, for certain types of things, like definitely in like you yeah. said, when it's like they bring something to the table that you need, or vice versa, like it's a natural natural fit. Uh, versus like okay, going into business with someone you don't know and you hate, you might end up hating, and you're you know, whatever dollars deep with them. And, you know, you don't know that you guys get along. So like, to me, I'd like, yeah, I'd rather do it with, yeah. a, with a friend than like a, a rando. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I think also just like, you can learn so much by calling the person that, you know, you're the expert friend that you have or putting yourself in the right space. Like when I wanted to learn about crypto, I knew who to call and he kind of introduced me to these conferences I went to and to the right people, which eventually led to a job when I started getting interested in real estate, like many people over at COVID, I called Jeremy because he was the one guy, the smart friend in real estate I knew who could take me from like 0% understanding to 50, 60%, you know, in one phone call. Um, I have my, my other, (laughs) (laughs) maybe not one phone call, but a few phone calls. Um, we're going quick, Parker, (laughs) get your pen and paper out. Yeah. Your, your tax friend, the guy who's figured out like how to make a bunch of money, but not actually make any (laughs) much money as far as, you know, like taxable income (laughs) (laughs) I goes and, and yeah, yeah. Just putting yourself in the right space. Like it's hard, it's hard to get out of your bubble and go to a conference. And I'm not like a, a conference person. I'm a terrible networker. Um, but sometimes just, you know, one person you meet can really like change your life. Yeah. So, okay. So Parker, it's been amazing having you. I'm going to say if my, my tale, and I like to like, you know, again, this is a very new podcast. So, but what I'm trying to do is, you know, have interesting people on who have cool journeys and have learned a lot and kind of create some tangible tips, uh, takeaways from, from what they have to say. And I would say one, like small business monopolies, are a good thing, um, you know, with your uh, roll kit, for example, small business monopoly, like awesome, you know, no one's going to come in, take that from you. Like that's, you know, people always, I think, get held up on, oh, I have to be the next, you know, Apple. And oh, I don't have that idea. Yeah, I don't yeah have- it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Like the way I saw it, it's like, all right, that's half of my W-2 income. Now I just have to figure out the other half. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you're going to build a, so that that's a, you know, that's an e-commerce business physical. Whereas for us, it's like, you know, it's, I think the tangible takeaway is find something that obviously, you know, people are using and there's a demand for, build it and then figure it out. You know, you're not going to know on day one, like, I mean, we still don't even know, like five years from now, you know, we could, we could have totally taken what we've done and pivoted and have, you know, completely built out something else, you know, like, I'm not gonna say that's gonna happen. I I don't know. But my point being is like, don't get held up on just the fact that you don't know, you know, the destination for your journey to ever, like, you know, make it so you can't get started. Uh, I I think people get way too held up on like, Oh, this would this wouldn't work for that reason. Or, you know, and they kind of give themselves excuses. Whereas here, I think we we're both aligned of like, oh, let's make this. Like, we think it's going to work. Yeah, <laughs> like, it helps to be a dumb idiot sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, all right, yeah. if it works, you know, or if it doesn't work, like, yeah, we'll hopefully figure out how to make it work. And if it actually works, like, we'll figure out how to make it better. Um, so it's like, put your right left in front of your left foot and get going. If it's if it's Airbnb, you know, don't think, you know, I people who talk about, oh, what if I make all this money and I have to pay taxes? 
Guys, if you're that's that should not be your concern. Yeah, that's called a good problem to have. <laughs> you, want, you want good problems, yeah. That and, should not, yeah. Don't and yeah, and like you know, there's so many traditional things that you're supposed to spend money on, like school or you know, putting all this money into an index fund. It's like you can set aside ten grand and just just let yourself spend that money to learn. And learning can be hiring people who teach you things. It can be hiring contractors who are better than you off of Upwork to help you, help you build something. Um, and most of the, most of what you learn is going to come towards the end of that 10 grand. Once you actually have something that's, that's real, uh, whether it being, you know, an apartment you rented and put on Airbnb or an app that is just getting to completion. Um, so yeah, I think setting budgets and then like be willing to spend, um, without getting cold feet, just like, kind of shutting out that fear part of your brain at least until you hit your budget and then if yeah, you're still losing right. money you're like fuck all right next thing <laughs> live, live very frugally during this time until you've uh until you've figured it out and i think also another another tangible takeaway is like you know parker's had points where he's probably you know made a lot of money overnight but that uh, he didn't you know he has a minivan um, yeah. this is something we didn't touch on but i just again i want to just come away with a few tangible takeaways this is going to be the last <laughs> one here today and that is you know, do not spend beyond your means. Again, I mean, Parker, you want to tell us about the minivan, but you didn't go out and buy a Bugatti. <laughs> you didn't buy a Maserati. I mean, guys, see, for some people, buying a Bugatti, you know, is an investment. Um, I, I definitely see merit of those who are in my, you know, my peers who go out and buy a Bugatti or a Lamborghini or whatever it may be. And uh, a Rolls Royce Cullinan, I seem that that seems to be a big one. And then they go and flex it on social media and, you know, people buy into whatever they're doing. I haven't done that yet. Don't, I'm not trying to like jinx myself. And, you know, two years ago, I have a Bugatti or Lamborghini and, you know, people are, oh, you said you would never be that guy. I'm not <laughs> saying I'm never going to be that guy, but Parker is definitely not that guy at all. Uh, and he, you know, yeah, tell us about the minivan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, whenever I go to buy something or, you know, plan out my expenses, I think like really in terms of lifestyle. And so, Hey, I want to have money to, you know, be able to start new businesses. Um, and many, you know, 12 year old minivans are pretty cheap, <laughs> but also like, Odyssey's, baby. how can I have the most, I don't need really need a car in New York. How can I like have the most fun with a vehicle and a minivan seats eight people. It, my minivan came with a built-in cooler and a DVD player. It's like, I, I can bring eight New Yorkers who don't have a car, like to the beach or to go upstate. Um, I can move from one apartment to the next. You're a high value man. That's what <laughs> in like a say, single trip. Yeah, I can. <laughs> People can use me to move. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can Tangible gain. I can gain four. friends from my. <laughs> provide value. Yeah, <laughs> I can provide a lot of value to people who need to move. <laughs> like too much value. <laughs> well, you guys know if there's anybody you need help uh, moving, uh, Parker, where can where can they find you? I know you're not very active on social media. <laughs> but if the folk want to find you, I guess where. Yeah, I guess uh, the only, probably Twitter, it's just at Parker underscore place. That's the only place where I, I shit post and talk about business with people. Give him give him a, a tweet follow. Uh, I guess that's called a follow. Yeah, give him a follow a, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he spits some, some, some great game there. And uh, dude, thank you so much. Well, also, it's been a great ride, and I'm excited to see what, you know, what we're able to do in the future. And thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. Awesome. All right, guys. Till next time.